This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the uh, Football Friday podcast, the Mike Francesa podcast for week number six. Believe it or not, we are already that deep into the season. It does fly by. Here we start in what is a tremendous week of games. We start with no teams are winless. One team, of course, unbeaten, that of the Eagles, and they will play the Cowboys in prime time. And what a late doubleheader. You have Buffalo and Kansas City in the 430 slot followed by Dallas and Philadelphia in the primetime slot, a terrific doubleheader and maybe the game of the year in the regular season because I think by most people's regard, including mine, the two best teams in this league right now are Buffalo and Kansas City. I don't want to put the Eagles in that clash yet. I don't think they earned it. Uh, We'll see how the next couple of weeks go. But Buffalo and Kansas City uh, right now, I think, are the two best teams. And Kansas City, ironically, underdog at home. So Buffalo's still getting the respect right now. A rare underdog uh, role for the Chiefs on Sunday as they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the 4-1 and one Bills. So that will be fascinating. Both Allen and Mahomes have had wonderful starts to their season. All right. Nine is at Atlanta. Atlanta's been everybody's darling because they've created the great backdoor covers twice against the Rams and then last week week against Tampa Bay. They also had the controversial rough in the passer on Brady last week, or they could have maybe even completed the comeback. Uh, They're two and three. They've played five tight games. They've covered all five. Now they get the Niners. The Niners' defense is very good, but the Niners are beset with a ton of injuries. Uh, I think the Niners will win. Their defense is strong, but don't be surprised if you get another close game. New England at two and three, and everybody has fallen in love, not with a young quarterback named Jones, but a young quarterback named Zappy. And it's going to be very interesting what happens here. Does Jones play? He did practice some. Does Zappy play? And everyone going crazy over Zappy already, and things are getting very interesting there with those two quarterbacks in New England. They're in Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Browns invent ways to lose games. They run the ball great. Chubb has had a tremendous season, but they invent games, ways to lose games late. They could easily, easily be 4-1 right now. The Jets at 3-2. and two. And how about New York football right now? The Jets at 3-2. and two. The Giants at 4-1. and one. Both with fascinating games this week. The Jets, 3-2, and two, have won twice on the road. Now they go to Green Bay. And in the past, you would think, oh, what could be a worse slaughter? Not now. The Jets have weapons. They're playing well. They have a secondary that can give the young receivers of the Packers trouble. 
They will play them aggressively. They will play Rodgers aggressively, which the Giants did last week, batting down the two passes in London on third and fourth down. Rodgers has a sore thumb. He's not practicing much this week, but they said his start is not in jeopardy. I don't think it is. Do not be surprised if this turns out to be a rather close game. I think Green Bay will find a way with Rodgers at home, but do not be surprised if it's a close game. Everybody's run on uh, on the Packers. Hall is becoming a big-time back. Last week had 200 yards combined passing and receiving. He's a big-time receiver. He's a big-time back. He's an explosive back. Uh, just had a great draft. Gardner's a star. Hall looks like he could be a star. Wilson looked like he could be a really good player. They could have come out of this draft with four or five really good players. Uh, The Jets, you hate to say it, but they're headed in the right direction, and their quarterback has played very well since he's come back. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. The Ravens at 3-2, and getting a little healthier on defense now, especially on the line defensively in their pass rush for this game. Obviously, Martindale against his whole club. He knows them very well. Here's the two things you don't like about this game from the Giants' standpoint. Ravens are good against the run. They're the worst team in the league against the pass. They've been killed with the deep pass all year. The Giants haven't thrown the deep pass all year. They don't have any receivers. They haven't thrown the ball deep. They don't pass block well. Giants run well. Their quarterback runs well. Obviously, their running back runs well. They don't throw the ball well. They don't have good receivers. Number two, you have not been able to blitz Lamar. So if you can't blitz them, the Giants, that's what they live on. They, if they can't blitz you, they can't beat you defensively. They don't have a good secondary. So the two things, run, pass one side, blitz other side. This is a matchup that favors the Ravens, but the Giants have had a strange karma this year. They've hung in every game, even the one they lost to the Cowboys. I would be surprised if they didn't hang in this game at home. They just have a habit of hanging in these games. I don't think they'll beat the Ravens. I don't like the matchup from their standpoint. They'll probably lose late. But I think it's going to be a fairly close game. And the Giants at 4-1 are off to a terrific start and a terrific story. And they have been very well coached. And it shows you what good coaching does in this league. And this team has been very well coached. The head coach, the staff, the defensive coordinator, they have done a terrific job, and the Giants have bought in. And really, Dable has had an influence on on the Giant quarterback because he has not killed them with the mistakes as he has in the past, and that has been a very big difference. Jags at 2-3 and have played better than that. They just have to iron the big mistake from Lawrence, from Etienne, out of the offense. They're in to take on the Colts. Colts should be healthier. Jags got to grow up. Colts are going to have trouble with the Jags front seven defensively. Matty Ice has made a lot of mistakes. The question is, which quarterback coughs the ball up in the wrong spot? That'll be the loser of this game. Minnesota at 4-1, and one, Miami at 3-2. and two. No Tua, no Bridgewater. Thompson starts for the Dolphins. That's a lot to ask. Okay, that is a lot to ask. Minnesota is four and one, but they don't inspire you at four and one. Uh, they're going to match up 
with a tough Dolphin defense here, which really didn't play well last week. Um, tough to see the Dolphins win with the third-string quarterback here. And we all know when to is coming back. And Bridgewater is still in the protocol. So uh, right now they got to try and win with, Tom, uh, with a third-string quarterback and a young one. Cincinnati, 2-3. and three. Saints are 2-3. and three. Winston is back practicing. We'll see how much he plays. They might play three quarterbacks for all we know. Hill is going to have a role. You know that. Kamara's back now that he's getting into the offense. They're still banged up in spots. So is Cincy, which is banged up in spots. Should be another close game with these two. Uh, they're both, you know, the Saints are a solid team that hasn't been completely healthy and is really still in flux at quarterback. Cincy should get better and better as the season goes on. Tampa at 3-2 and two is very, very banged up. And you know what? The Steelers, the quarterback, the kid has played a little better than it's looked. They're 1-4. and four. Again, Tampa will win, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is fairly close. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Steelers now start to really become a different offense with Pickett and Pickens. I think you will see them. I think you will see them really start to make plays. I think they will have the ability to make plays. I think, you know, over a period of time, you know, you have to let them kind of grow up and develop. There's really no other way to to do this. You know, there's, there's not much else you can do. I mean, last week obviously was a tough one. You're playing the Bills, and the Bills are in a different league. But you know what? Pickett doesn't want to be on the road throwing 50 passes. He was last week. Um, but he clearly has a new target in Pickens. So Pickett to Pickens could become a down-the-field, very lethal passing attack for the Steelers in the weeks to come. Carolina, I told you all season. I told you from the first week we did this. Rule is on a very hot seat. The owner wasn't happy with him leaving training camp. So with each loss, I kept telling you, I didn't know which week it was going to happen, but it was going to happen, and it happened last week. He's gone. Wilkes is in as the interim. P.J. Walker's in at the quarterback spot. A uh, lot of talk of them trading, trading their, be- you know, their best player. Now, if they're going to turn around, and I understand they might be a little uh, – disillusioned with McCaffrey because it's hard for them. First of all, the Panthers can't score. Secondly, um, they've been a mess in so many ways, but McCaffrey has had a lackluster year. There's a lot of talk of him being traded. Now, I don't know if that will happen in season. It's a very difficult thing to happen, okay? But we'll see how they play this going forward, but they need him to kind of become the offense here more and more. And they need to break out one of these games. We'll see if they can do it. It's against the Rams this week and the Rams haven't been good. That's for sure. Um, shut down last week by the Cowboys. This is a week for them to get healthy. Arizona, considering everything that's going on with them, they're lucky to be two and three Seattle. Geno Smith has played well. He's actually played even better than it looks because uh, they've had plenty of drops by their receivers, even though they've made a ton of big plays. Uh, Metcalf's dropped touchdown passes a couple of times. Um, Penny now is out. Walker will become the running back. 
Seattle can score points. They just can't shut anybody down. They've played the easiest part of their schedule. They've won two games. It's going to get much tougher for them going forward. You have buys this week for the first time. And a couple of these teams can sure use buys. The Lions have been bitterly disappointing. They have a buy this week at 1-4. The Texans have a buy at 1-3-1. and one. The Raiders have a buy at 1-4. and four, And let's be honest, the Raiders could have easily won all but one game this year. Easily. And they're one and four. And they've invented ways to lose. And I'll tell you this. What Adams, did, what Devontae Adams did last week, I understand he was miffed. He played, he made a couple of great catches. He bobbled the ball that would have put them in field goal range. And they reversed it. And it was the right call because he was still bobbling the ball as he got his feet down. And then he and Renfro collided on fourth down. And that was the final play, and he was very frustrated leaving the field. But you cannot take a worker who is credentialed, a credentialed worker, and throw him to the ground like he did. The NFL should suspend him for a week. And I know the kid went to the hospital. He had injuries whiplash, concussion, you know he was going to complain about a whole bunch of things, and you know he also made a call to Jacobian Myers, okay, or somebody, okay? He got himself a lawyer, and he is going to sell out of court for quite a bundle because if he doesn't, he's going to win a big suit against an NFL star who's got a big contract because that was outrageous what he did, and the NFL should step in and suspend him for a week because you cannot act that way towards a credentialed worker. And for him to say, he walked in front of me and I just kind of bumped into him. Watch the video. I mean, give me a break. That was a disgrace what he did. He should be suspended. All right. They have a bye, the Raiders. The Titans are the fourth team with a bye at three and two. Most underrated coach in the league is Vrabel. Nobody wins more close games. Nobody pulls more games out of the fire. They, you know, every time you turn around, everyone's writing the Titans off, and every time you turn around, the Titans are winning games. They're three and two right now, and let's be honest, they haven't played that well, but they're three and two. They find a way. They find a way when they don't get good quarterback play. They find a way when things don't go well. They find a way when they blow big leads. They still find a way. Brable does a very, very good job. All right, we have the two enormous games. This is as good as it gets. I mean, there's plenty of baseball and maybe some dramatic baseball in these series on Sunday. But, boy, oh, boy, that is a great football doubleheader. Buffalo and Kansas City followed by Dallas and Philly. Buffalo got healthy last week. Allen to Davis with the two monster plays. They stole the game against the Ravens when they were down 17. Harbaugh had a bad day. Their defense is starting now to get a little healthier, although White's not playing yet. Kansas City's 4-1. They could have easily lost last week. They didn't, though. They're 4-1. This is going to be a fun game, let's be honest. The two quarterbacks, we know what they're going to do. We know we're going to have a shootout. We know the first one, the 35 or 38 or 41 wins, and it should be a lot of fun. And let's be honest, I don't care which one wins and which one loses. They are both going to see each other again. I think they're going to see each other in the AFC title game. 
I think that's what where we're destined to go this year. They're destined to see each other again in January, uh, and one of them is probably going to the Super Bowl. And it'll be fun to watch them play this week in Kansas City. And then Dallas at 4-1 and one is an amazing story. Everyone wrote them off after they lost opening week, showed no offense, showed no offensive line, and then lost Dak. Well, the offensive line has come together superbly. They've gotten wonderful play out of their defense in so many spots. They've given up in the last four wins, 17 points, 16 points, 10 points, and 10 points. When you give up 17 or fewer points in this league, you win almost every week. And Cooper Rush keeps winning, but if you're watching, you also know that Cooper Rush keeps getting closer and closer to making disastrous plays. He's been very fortunate that some really bad decisions have not exploded in his face. So he hasn't played as wonderfully as the record indicates. Keep it into account against the Eagles. It's going to be fascinating to see. Dallas has a wonderful defense, a well-balanced, a well-orchestrated defense, and the best defensive player in, in the league in Parsons. He is the best defensive player in the league. He is a tremendous player. He's already got six sacks. He's a wonderful, wonderful, game-breaking defensive talent. Eagles have done a great job. They have found the quarterback in Hurts, which is remarkable when you think of that story. And they're 5-0. and Give them credit. It's going to be a wonderful game to watch. Should be very, very entertaining. And then Monday night, I think by now we should sign a petition to keep the Broncos off uh, prime time, but here they are again. They have basically bored us to tears and made us giggle at some of their uh, late-game decisions and follies that they've had so far this year. They get the charges this week. I don't expect they'll win that game. I really am unimpressed with Denver, and uh, let's just say their coaching staff's gotten off to a rough start. Their very talented quarterback has gotten off to a rough start, and their coaching staff has gotten off to a very very rough thought. And we have seen too much of them in prime time. But nothing's going to make this week bad when you have Buffalo at Kansas City at 4.30 and then Dallas at Philly at 8.15 on Sunday. That's a great football doubleheader. And if you're in New York, Jets at Green Bay, Giants hosting the Ravens are two really good games. And, you know, we might get back to the point where they stop, you know, locking the Jets and Giants up at the same time. Like in the old days, when they never, ever, ever played at the same time, and now they do all the time. Because they want to clear out that 4 o'clock window. Well, maybe they'll get back to that if they keep winning. But we're still a ways away from that. But right now, 4-1 and one Giants, 3-2 and two Jets, uh, and two entertaining games this week. Your emails, when we return. Want to email the Mike Francesa podcast? Drop Mike a note at mikefrancesapodcast at gmail.com. All right, Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. That's where you send your comments, your questions, what your thoughts, whatever you want to do. So just send them along, and we will get to them on most of our programs. We're here, of course, this program on the Bet Rivers Network. And for all of your 
wagering needs in this crazy time when there's so much going on. It's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey play Sugar House in Connecticut. So just go to the uh, download the Bet Rivers app that plays into the state you're in, and away you go. And you'll be happy that you did. All right. Frank emails, why can't the Raiders close out games? <laughs> Do you fault the coaching staff, the players, or both? I, I The Raiders should be at least three and two, not one and four. Well, you've heard me comment on this. You're exactly right. Um, it's a new coaching staff. I understand it's the same old Raiders. They have talent. I mean, let's be honest. When you have a solid quarterback, you have a talented but injury-prone tight end. You have some very good receivers led by one of the top, if not the top receiver in the league in Adams. You have one of the top tight ends. And Jacobs is a tremendous running back who had a great game against Kansas City. Hey, you can score on anybody, and they pretty much do. And their kick is gold. So, I mean, they've just been really unlucky. They blew a 20 nothing lead to Arizona and lost the game on a freaky play in overtime. Okay? They played a game that went to the wire. They went for two against Tennessee. You know, the Kansas City, I mean, they've had so many one-point, two-point, you know, final decision, final moment games. Hey, they've just been really snake bit. I don't even want to put it on the coaching staff yet. It's just been one of those thoughts. Let's see how they do the rest of the way. But one and four is tough. It really is. Luke emails, Mike, why don't NFL teams have their own broadcasters for a 17-game season like other sports? I feel it takes away from the broadcast. Well, that's a very simple question to answer, Luke. There are no local games in the NFL. The NFL is a national package for every game. So there are no local announcers. The only local announcers you have are on the radio or in preseason. Everybody is part of the package. That's the way it works. So nobody has their own announcers. It's always been that way. It'll always be that way because the games have incredible value. And how they are done is what happens is they have a 1 o'clock map and a 4 o'clock map. And then you have primetime games, which are obviously coast to coast. But your 1 o'clock map is at least point to point for every game. So if you have the worst game that you could possibly have, okay? You pick any game you want um, and say, you know, Arizona-Seattle. Now, that's a 4 o'clock game anyway, but if it were a 1 o'clock game, that would be regionalized almost point to point. It would not cover many more parts of the country than that, while a team like the Cowboys is always on to a decent amount of the country, always controls a decent amount of the 1 o'clock map when they're playing at 1 o'clock, which isn't that often. Um, so the games, there's a map, even at four o'clock. Now at four o'clock, the one game like Buffalo, Kansas city is going to be seen by almost the entire country this week at four o'clock. There is only, there are only two other games. There's the Panthers and the Rams Cardinals and the Seahawks. They will be basically point to point games and the, Buffalo game, I would think, would probably cover 90% of the map. 
maybe a little less when you realize that the L.A. won't be getting that game probably. Um, now I don't know what they had on earlier in the day, so they might be getting it on both games into the, into the, into that into that uh, market. But my point is, they're going to get a second game in that market. The uh, the big part of the map is going to be that, and then you have two regional games that are going to be very much point to point. But you have maps for the one and four o'clock windows. And remember, at four o'clock you have two windows. You have the four o five window and the four twenty five for the network game or the big game. At four twenty five, they started to slide that down a little bit to give it some more. Basically, what they wanted to do is they wanted to make sure they put that game in later, so that everyone got to see some of it. Plus, they want that game to leak into the seven o'clock window into prime time on Sunday night, which is all part of the game they play. So there's a lot of ratings, you know, tricks that go on on Sundays. Um, but that's the situation as far as that goes. But that's that's a very easy answer because you just don't have any regular season analysis for any team on television. Uh, Paul emails, I know it's still early, but can you recall another big-time player joining a new team and playing as miserably as Russell Wilson? Yeah, I can. Um, Matty Ice has played almost as bad, you know. Now he's maybe not as good as Russell Wilson, but he's close. I mean, he's very close. And I thought he would do very well in Indianapolis, and he's been terrible too. So they both have done poorly so far for a variety of reasons. Um, okay, Denver was put in prime time because they expected big things. Number two. They hired uh, Hackett with a maybe an ulterior motive involved. All right? It didn't all work out. Nothing has worked out there so far. So it's been terrible. I mean, it's been terrible for uh, Wilson. It's been terrible for the, the head coach. It's been terrible for the offense. It's been terrible for everybody. They have been a mess. Nate in Florida. What was your opinion of Rex Ryan as a head coach? I think the Jets have mostly gone backwards since he was let go. Um... I think they probably did for a little while. Rex came into a good situation. He inherited a good team, and he did a good job with it. He was a good defensive coordinator. But as the team became more his in terms of his personnel, the team went downhill. That's really what happened. As he got more involved in the personnel after their early successes, the team went backwards, not forwards. And then he had some really rough years after that. He was a defensive coordinator first and a head coach second, which is a lot what his father was. He did have his moments here. He had a good couple of runs early. They had some you know, decent playoff runs. And then things got progressively worse from there. Uh, so uh, his early part of his Head coaching career was better than his later years. But he was a fairly renowned defense. Steven Jersey, what's your thoughts on Mike Tomlin as a coach? Could it be time to move on from Pittsburgh? You know, Steve, funny that you, th- you, you say that. I was having this conversation with someone about a day ago, and I said, there comes a time, despite the fact the guy's been really good, and had a lot of success, where it's just the right time to leave, like Philadelphia with Andy Reid. Now, Kansas City waited all of about an hour to get Andy Reid hired. And look what's happened in Kansas City. He's built himself an incredible team and an incredible run. They're a juggernaut. Tomlin could do the same thing. It could be that it's just time for the Steelers to move on, and they don't move on very often. 
as you know, they've had three coaches since 1969. I mean, that's unbelievable when you think about it. And it just might be time. And maybe he goes somewhere else and takes a second swing with someone else. It might not be a bad thing for the Steelers. It might not be a bad thing for Tomlin. So it's a very apropos question at the right time. I could see that happening. Mike in Westport, other than the Super Bowl brain freeze, Carroll has done nothing but win in the NFL. Um, This year's team was supposed to be terrible, but they are not. He's getting good play from Geno Smith. The guy just seems to be able to get his team playing hard and winning. Do you think he's been underappreciated? Um, yes. I'm surprised Pete's become this good a coach. You know, he, he was not good with the Jets and the Pats. He went to USC and won and then came back and did a very good job with Seattle, although he did have brain freeze, you know, on the goal line in the Super Bowl. Otherwise, he'd have two Super Bowls instead of one. And that puts you in a very different place. Um, I disagree with you a little bit about this team this year. Now, they won a game in week one against Denver that they shouldn't have won, okay? Denver screwed up royally, including fumbling twice inside the five-yard line going into the end zone, which is the first team to do that in like 15 years, to lose two fumbles inside the five in the same game. They lost that game to the Seahawks by one point. If Seahawks had lost that game, they'd be one and four and just heading in to the difficult part of their schedule in the weeks to come. Early on here, they've played, you know, fairly winnable games. They win the Denver game because Denver screwed up you know, screwed up royally, okay? So that got them a win in game number one. In game number two, they got beat up by the 49ers. In game number three, they uh, they lost at home to Atlanta, which is not a very good team. In game number four, they beat the Lions, who were a dreadful team, 48-45, and last week, they lose, okay? So they have played uh, Atlanta. They have played the Saints, who they lost to. They have played the Niners, who they lost to. have to play again. They have to play the Rams twice. Has played Arizona twice. They have a bunch of tough games coming up. They played the Falcons and the Lions, and they beat Denver by a point. So they're two and three. I don't think they're a good team, and I think they're a terrible defense. I still don't think they're going to win more than five games this year. Um, I don't think they're a very good team. They did steal one, like I said, and they've been in a couple of close games. But their schedule's been very soft so far, and you're going to see it after this week with Arizona get much, much tougher. And I think those will be very hard games for them. But Geno Smith played pretty well. Uh, And if your premise is that Pete's a solid coach, he definitely is. John uh, from Rutherford, imagine what Dable could do if he had good players on his team. Um, They have snuck up on some people. They stole a couple of games. They were down 13-0 to Tennessee and should have gotten blown out of the building. They came back and stole the game. Okay? They got beat by the Cowboys fair and square. They have 
had not a tough schedule yet, but they've won a couple of games, including the Packers, you know, and Tennessee, which you didn't think they'd win. Let's put them at four and one. You're right. They don't have really good players yet. They don't. They hurt in the secondary. They have probably the poorest band of wide receivers alive. They have a suspect offensive line, especially pass blocking. Their defensive front seven is not bad. It's not great. Um, they don't have a lot of personnel yet. Jets have much better personnel. And he's done a great job so far, Dable. But things have bounced right for them so far. I'm sure there'll be a couple of games when they're bouncing wrong, but so far it's really bounced right. You got to give them credit. Ben emails, Zach Wilson has come back with a couple of wins. If he can stay healthy, maybe he's not bad. I'm taking a wait-and-see approach with him. I really didn't want to make a judgment off last year. I didn't see a lot of him as a collegian. I have an open mind about him. So far in, in these two games, he's been pretty good, I have to admit. Joseph says, I remember a few years ago you were talking about Cooper Cup being good. He certainly emerges one of the best in the league. Listen, there are guys who just get overlooked because they come from small schools. In this case, a little West Coast college. He comes from Eastern Washington. Nobody knew anything about Cooper Cup. Some guys grow into stars. It happens in the NFL all the time. He's a guy that nobody knew anything about, and he's emerged into a star player. And he is in every bit a star player and one of the most productive players in the league. It happens. And that's the fun thing about sports is that it always happens. And otherwise, if it was always just the number one pick, and a lot of times the number one picks do well. But you know what? You got to have your Cooper Cups, and he really has been wonderful. Bob in Dover, is football a better game in person or on TV? Bob, it's a better game on TV for this reason. If I am at the game and I don't have instant replay, I am miserable. I can't see everything I want to see the first time the plays run. It's impossible. I need instant replay. And if I don't have, if I can sit at the game and I have instant replay at my disposal, I'm very happy. I don't mind being at the game. If I am not, if I do not have instant replay, then I'm lost. I have to have instant replay for a football game. Have to. Because otherwise, there's so many things I'm asking myself as the next play is developing that I am thinking about from the last play that I drive myself crazy. So I have to have instant replay. Otherwise, so I prefer being in my living room. And I like when it's a game that's tight in the fourth quarter and I have a habit of pacing in the game because I like to like think through the game. And when I can do that, I really enjoy it. When I get a game like that, that's come down to that where the strategy both ways and there's things and there's, play, there's a lot going on in a tight game late. I love those games. I really do. I enjoy them so thoroughly. Uh, I like thinking the game of football. I always have. And I need instant replay desperately. So for me, it's TV without any question. Enjoy week six. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week. 
on the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missanelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.